Hey everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today I'm joined by my friend John and we're talking about the movie She's the Man. Hi John. Hello, here I am. Thanks so much for doing this, I'm so happy. No, I'm totally excited. First time on a podcast, so here we go. We're popping your podcast cherry. I love it. So a few things about the movie. It was released in March of 2006. It's directed by Andy Fickman. It's written by Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith. It's inspired by Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, and it stars Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. The IMDb.com summary is, When her brother decides to ditch for a couple weeks, Viola heads over to his elite boarding school, disguised as him, and proceeds to fall for his school's star soccer player, and soon learns she's not the only one with romantic troubles. It has a 6.3 on IMDb. Way too low. (laughs) Agree, agree. Um, And it made around $57 million worldwide. Okay, so... 6.3 6.3 is too low. So low. John, yeah. what would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? From 1 to 10, I would give it a 13 in honor of Amanda Bynes' <laughs> character Viola, her jersey number. Oh, okay. Jersey number 13, which doesn't really make sense soccer-wise, but I'm going to give it a 13 out of 10 because it's fantastic <laughs> and one of my favorite rom-com slash coming-of-age slash sports movies, even though sports is kind of a, a background plot. Wait, what do you mean 13 is unrealistic for a jersey? What does that mean? You know, I actually going into this movie or like doing my research, going back to it, I assumed that she would be number 10. Like number 10 is like the number of the best player on the team. So I figured they would just like give her that or give Duke Orsino the number 10, uh-huh. uh, the number 10 jersey number. But there's 11 players in the field, you know, 13 is just kind of a random number to give to someone. But maybe it makes sense with the plot since, you know, she starts off as a bench warmer. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. All right, so you're giving it a 13 out of 10. I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10. Okay, so I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. That is Duke Orsino's number, so. I love that you noticed that. I clearly did not pick up on, on that. But I could be savvy and say I'm doing 9 out of 10 just because of Duke Orsino. I do believe that you are a Channing Tatum fan, so I am not surprised. Yes, yes, I am. So, fun fact about this movie, or not really fun fact, but this movie on the pod has been requested to talk about, and it was suggested by one of our friends, Karen. She originally wanted to talk about it, and then she was actually like, you know what? I think John would be a better person to talk about it. (laughs) And then following that, I've actually had other people request to do this movie. So, no pressure, John, but this movie is beloved by, appears, many people. Yeah, I hope I, I hope I do it justice. <laughs> I mean, we're starting off with a bang, 13 out of 10. I can say that that has not happened yet. Good to know. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the first time you saw this? And like, what is your relationship with this movie? So I was uh, a fifth year senior at the University of Illinois when we first saw the trailer, me and my roommate Brian, we saw the trailer for this movie come out. And it's kind of this thing where, like, the tr- the trailer doesn't necessarily portray this as a, you know, like, a film. It is just going to be a fun, silly romp with, like, maybe not the most highbrow mm-hmm. jokes. But um, I think this movie surpassed our expectations in how self-aware it was of itself as a silly, non-serious teen high school coming of age rom-com where the jokes were just something that you would only get if you watch this genre or like you enjoy these types of movies and if you can just suspend reality and just take it for what it is Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's silly it's lighthearted. there's a a girl who somehow can trick an entire school and everyone into thinking that she is her brother the wig and some uh some sideburns and some fake eyebrows and uh yeah, we just had fun with it. It's just, I think it's the pinnacle of this genre. Agree. So is this like a movie that you revisited a lot? I think in the first couple of years, so I work in Los Angeles now in the industry. Um, I mean, mostly in commercials, but when I first came out to LA and I wanted to work in films and I made like a top 10 list of films, I was like, man, this movie, this movie actually, honestly, is in my top 10 movies of all time. It's in my top <laughs> 10 for sure. I mean, it's up there with, you know, like there's this other movie called uh, The Lives of Others, which is like a German foreign film which is i say is my number one (laughs) but maybe five or six spots behind that is she's the man (laughs) so like it's it's definitely i think again just so meta and like self-aware that it's just it's just silly and they have a great time with it and it's just i don't know it just makes me happy 
Yeah. I can't remember the first time I saw this movie. I was trying to think back in 2006. Like, it's not something I went to theaters to watch, I'm sure. Oh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sorry. Let's go back. So, yeah, uh, to answer your question earlier, so me me and Brian, I I don't remember if anybody else came with us, but uh, just two dudes (laughs) going to watch this movie in the theater and having a blast, you know, sharing some popcorn and just laughing. We should also disclaim that you are a big soccer fan. Yes. Were you watching this movie because you love soccer or were you like, ooh, Amanda Bynes in a movie? No, neither. Okay. Honestly, neither. I would say neither. Um, I mean, the soccer, soccer, sure, like is a, is a nice gateway into it. But again, we just had a feeling that it was just going to be silly and over the top. Yeah. And we were, we were correct. Yeah, you were definitely correct. Yeah. Like, I don't remember when I saw it the first time, but this movie is something that I have watched many, many times, like heavy rotation. I mean, I think it also mm-hmm. helped for the fact that I have a younger brother who I think is closer in age to like Amanda Bynes, like when she came up from like all that and like the Amanda Bynes show. And I think he probably thought she was funny. So I saw it, I think, as a result of that. But independently, I love this movie with or without my brother making me rewatch this movie. Also, I'm not entirely sure if he made me watch it. I think it could very much be just <laughs> me and my own accord loving this movie. She's the Man was my first introduction to Amanda Bynes. I think I knew of her from, yeah, all that, where she was much younger and stuff like that. Uh, but this was, yeah, this is the first time I ever saw her, I think, really on screen. Let's let's kind of dive into what specific things you like about the movie. Obviously, we both think it's rewatchable. It's funny. It's silly. Amanda Bynes is great. Mm-hmm. For me, like, this movie doesn't exist without her. Mm-hmm. She's so likable and fun and silly. But to your point, you do have to suspend belief a lot while watching this movie. And that's okay. Like, I didn't... Yeah, There are some rom-coms where I'm annoyed that I have to suspend my belief. But for this one, you kind of are just like, you know what you're getting yourself into right when you, like, sit down to watch the movie. And I loved escaping into it. Yeah. She's just so good. And I wish, like, she was still doing, doing silly stuff like this, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think you just decide to just jump aboard the ride that is this movie, and it takes you on a journey. And I, one thing that I think I noticed in my rewatch was that the the cliche like montage scene mm-hmm. where she's getting a makeover by her friend um, Paul. I think the the montage like girl power makeover is like five or six minutes into the movie. Like, yes. it's really quick. They just dive into it. Yes. You know? I'm just like, all right, great. Whenever a makeover scene, like, comes up, I kind of just always, like, roll my eyes, chuckle, and laugh. And, like, all right, cool. Here's here's the makeover scene. Yeah. But I, I was noticeably happy that this happened just so quick, and they just got it out of the way. And they just dove right into it. You know, that's a really funny point that you bring up, because Frank was sitting next to me, but he was kind of, like, on his phone, not really actively watching the movie with me. But to your point, it's like less than 10 minutes in and Frank was like, whoa, that conflict, like, you know, the conflict immediately, like when you sit down yeah. for the movie. So yeah, that's oddly refreshing, I guess. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. Done. Let's move on. <laughs> Another reason I like this movie is simply because, like you mentioned, I am a big fan of Channing Tatum. I don't know if this was his feature film debut, but this is like one of his big starring roles back in 2006, pre-Step Up. So not a lot of us knew who he was, but... Mm-hmm. I will admit that he's not the best acting in this movie. He's not great, (laughs) but I like the character he plays, you know? He's this refreshing depiction of this hot jock who's sensitive and vulnerable and who's, like, shy with girls who, you know, at first impression, you think he, like, knows exactly what he's doing, but he actually has a lot of insecurity. And it's in these private moments with him and Viola where he's actually, like, more vulnerable with her. And that's why Viola falls for him. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I agree with that a lot. This movie does sort of age well. In 2006, it probably was maybe a little more rare for us to see in a rom-com, in this genre, like a male character who had two good friends. Like, they would talk about their feelings. Like, there's a scene later in the movie where um, one of the soccer players is, like, you know, talking about how much he loves Eunice. (laughs) Like the other friend's like Eunice. He's like, dude, screw you guys, man. Like I hate high school. Like, you know, like they want to be open about their feelings and talk about these things. And I think the, the script allows them to show that they're not just like superficial one dimensional characters, that there is actually a little more substance to them than just being jocks. Totally. I love, I love that scene actually. Eunice. So good. Eunice and Toby. Screw you guys. I hate high school. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely quoted that a lot. <laughs> Even though this movie was post high school for me. Right. 
Yeah, I think to your point, this movie was quite progressive for 2006. I mean, I think it has aged well for the most part. We can talk about it a little bit later, but we don't see a lot of macho guys being open and vulnerable. But yeah, to your point, they they kind of show not all dudes are are one-dimensional. And the whole concept, obviously, of girls, can they play sports well? Are they as good as boys? And there's that whole theme, which we can also dive into later. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to call out the music of the movie, which is so 2006. Yes, very. OAR, All-American Rejects. Like, it made me smile. It made me very happy. It definitely takes us back to a different era, a simpler time. Agree, totally. Also, shout out to uh, Ken Oak, who's an Asian-American artist who was somewhat popular back then, but he actually has a song in the movie, too. I don't really know, know what he's doing now, but Ken Oak was, uh, I think he made the circuit around the like Asian-American college tours and stuff. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. Are there any other things that you liked about the movie? Uh, I like how everyone was stupidly old. I enjoy that. How everyone, like every single actor was like 23 or older. <laughs> I have it written down actually in my <laughs> trivia is that Channing Tatum was 26 when he filmed yep. and Amanda Bynes was 19. Yeah. She might be the youngest one. She might be the only one who was actually like close to high school age. I'm definitely Toby, um, <laughs> the guy who plays Andrew. Like you could just tell like these guys are not high schoolers. These guys are definitely post-college young adults who are masquerading with a little bit of makeup on. Totally. And I think it was fun. Like I was like, I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna again, I'm along for the ride. These guys are old, but they're they're in high school. Great. Love it. Agree. One hundred percent. There was like this moment where Malcolm, who plays like the the nerd geek. Yeah. And I was like, he looks like he's thirty. Like there's no way. These people are supposed to be, I think, maybe juniors in high school, sophomore, junior. I don't actually know. I don't think they're yeah. explicit in how old they are. But yeah, yeah. no way. They're, they're legit like 10 years older than the characters are supposed to be playing. So good. They just embrace it fully. And I'm all for that. Yeah. To your point, it's very self-aware. It's like not trying at all to be taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to cast this 26-year-old guy to be the lead. I love it. Um, so let's talk about what you don't like. For a movie that you're rating 13 out of 10, are there any things that you don't like about the movie? Oh, what do I not like about the movie? I had a feeling you would ask me this question, and I was actually trying to think of some stuff that I don't like about the movie. And honestly, I've tried to think about this. Like, why do I like this movie so much? I mean, the plot is tight to me. and makes sense in this world, in this genre, you know? Mm-hmm. Even the reveal and the whatever that love triangle or even the love square if you want to call it when the brother sebastian comes back Mm -hmm. takes a cab you know they actually have a scene of of sebastian like in an airport escalator calling back to let monique his ex-girlfriend know something's up it's all tight it all makes sense Mm. i mean i wish there was more david cross maybe a little bit in the beginning yeah Mm -hmm. you know i think his uh his principal character with viola or sebastian at that point uh, they probably could have like gotten a couple more scenes out of it. Yeah. The coach, the coach that is on Viola's former team, obviously he's a caricature of like a your stereotypical like chauvinistic male coach. Mm-hmm. But I think they resolved that awesomely with Vinnie Jones <laughs> and his like super progressive, you know, like UK here in Illyria, we don't discriminate type thing going on, you know? Oh man, I really have a hard time finding things that I don't like with this movie. So I agree with you. When I came to this question, I wrote down, honestly, not much. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're just kind of reiterating, it's it's an unrealistic scenario, right? But mm-hmm. like to your point, within this world, it's written quite tightly. There are, you know, we have, I have a section, WTF section, which we can get into. There are plot holes and like unrealistic moments that I think we can talk a little bit more about, but it was just a little distracting how unrealistic it was at times. So I haven't properly rewatched this movie in a long time. So I actually rewatched this just last night because I wanted to be fresh for our convo. But like, no one questions Viola as Sebastian. And I was just like, how are they so blind? But that's, you know, more like a WTF versus something I didn't like about the film. Sure, yeah. I agree with you. I would have loved more David Cross. I thought that he was hilarious in this movie. Every time he's on screen elicits a big laugh. But yeah, I I had like a lot of trouble being like, what don't I like? 
Yeah. I mean, yes, it is strange that all she needs to do is put on like a couple of pieces of extra hair and a wig. <laughs> and like tape down her boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Tape down her boobs that, that no one knows that he is a she. Mm-hmm. But I guess in, in that universe, you know, no one knows who she is at this new school, which I always thought was interesting because it's, I mean, got to be a small town, like what, New England or something like that. Right, right. But I think I've justified that in my mind that, yeah, no one knows who she is coming into this, so they have no reason to believe it. I used to think that the person who plays her twin brother is like much taller than her. I was like, how would you guys ever notice this? But again, I let it go because I'll just focus on the positives. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse McCartney apparently was supposed to play the original twin brother. I don't know if you knew that. I saw that. Yeah, because apparently Jesse McCartney and, and Amanda Bynes look a lot alike, but I don't recall him ever striking me as a Amanda Bynes twin. Agree. Same here. So the actor who played the twin brother, Sebastian, is this guy named James Kirk, who I'm not familiar with, but there are some similarities. But yeah, to your point, they do explicitly say in the movie, like, no one at Illyria even knows who Sebastian is. And so mm-hmm. this like makeover is not going to be a problem. So to your point, that's pretty tight also. Yeah, they address it. They know what's up. I do want to call out, though, this movie is inspired by Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. And I am not a cultured Shakespeare savant, so I don't know mm-hmm. what Twelfth Night is about. I did do a quick search on Wikipedia, and there are a lot of nods to the original Twelfth Night, like, Viola and Duke Orsino are actual like character names. The spider Marvolio or something like that is also Mm -hmm. a character in the play. So yeah, I just wanted to call out that I think that there are some moments that are quite close to the original Shakespeare play, but it is like about like a love square. Yeah. Did you ever watch Shakespeare in Love? Long time ago. I don't know if you remember this, but the final scene is like Gwyneth Paltrow on a beach or something like that, like, and she's by herself. I think that's like his inspiration. In Shakespeare in Love, that's his inspiration for The Twelfth Night. Oh. Where he's like writing a story about the actual love of his life that left and, you know, went on and did something else. But yes, Twelfth Night, this movie's based on Shakespeare, you know, loosely based, yeah. you can say. I guess I will have to read some Shakespeare because the writers of this movie also wrote Ten Things I Hate About You, was also inspired by Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, yeah. All this was to say that maybe I should be reading more Shakespeare because this is clearly like entertaining and fun content. So maybe I should give the original a shot. Yes. They do classify Twelfth Night as a Shakespearean romantic comedy. Oh, so well, there you go. Know. Yeah. Maybe that's a future podcast. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, so yeah, I guess we don't have a lot that we didn't like. <laughs> let's, let's move on to uh, general themes. Okay. So obviously, for me, the big takeaway for me was gender roles. Mm -hmm. Viola's soccer team getting cut and wants to prove herself that she's just as good, if not better, than the boys' soccer team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's like an empowering message. At the end, everything is resolved, right? That Viola is, she gains the respect of her fellow teammates and her coaches Mm -hmm. and I guess everyone Mm -hmm. else. Um, And she gets to play as herself, not as Sebastian. Mm -hmm. Another theme that I took away was... Viola, she tries to imitate her idea of what it means to be a guy. Like there are a lot of lines where, you know, yes, you know, I would tap that ass or do you want to see her naked? And then Duke yeah. calling her out being like, why do you talk about girls in such graphic terms? And Viola's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought that's what guys did, you know? So yeah. And that was kind of nice for Viola to kind of have those conversations with Duke and Duke being like, no, I want to like get to know a person and like talk to her. And, and it takes Viola by surprise. So, you know, when you're like 16, I'm sure a lot of girls do things because they think guys like it or this is how guys are. So it was kind of nice to see that world, I guess, broken into a little bit. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think, again, going back to this whole 2006 era genre of like rom-coms and hyper-masculinity and whatnot, it, it's definitely refreshing to see people be real and not just treat each other like pieces of on-screen candy. Yeah. And then like Viola being open and vulnerable to Olivia, or I'm sorry, Viola as Sebastian, you know, and like Olivia actually ending up liking Viola as Sebastian because she is so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not realizing that, oh, guys actually might want to pretend otherwise. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like thinking about scenes in the movie and I'm like laughing. 
to myself <laughs> while we're having this conversation, just because it's so funny. I was doing that myself as I was typing up my notes, and I would find myself going on YouTube just to watch that one specific clip that was cracking me up. But yeah, are there other themes that you took away? Uh, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I mean, I think the, the theme of gender equality is something that's that's nice to see and be explored. The sports aspect, I guess, I said earlier, took a like a, a background plot. I mean, to me, it, this could have been anything. Uh, it is nice that there is this like this girl empowerment, uh, this female empowerment that she can do whatever she wants. Uh, it's also, I think, interesting. Uh, one of the scenes in the movie, like where she has to go to that the luncheon for like the debutante ball, whatever. Like her mom says something about like or ch- like chew like you have a secret or any. Yeah. There's basically just a way that she has to be prim and proper. Mm-hmm. I think that it's cool that in the end of the movie she does successfully become a debutante. I guess I don't really know that world, but it's nice that she can have like both worlds, right? She's mm-hmm. like a fully developed like you know 20th century woman. You know she can play her sports and she can also like wear a dress with ruffles if she wants to. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, why do you have to sacrifice one for the other? Exactly. Women can do it all if they want to. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah. This next question is a little bit challenging. Um, your favorite scene. Favorite scene. All right, cool. Easy. Oh, easy. Okay. This is the scene that I knew that, that this movie actually was like dope. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Again, the the plot moves really fast, right? We had the we had the makeover like less than ten minutes in. Yeah. You know, her going to school, meeting people, the whole love triangle, whatever is is taken care of to an extent. But first, they take care of the soccer game. You think the soccer game is actually going to be, be the big climax of the movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it is, but this is after the soccer scene. Okay. Okay, so this is at the debutante ball when <laughs> she, you know, like her friends care about her. Wait, I think I, off- <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. Paul offers to walk her down the aisle or they debut with her so that she's not going to be alone and stuff like that. And she says, no, okay, I'm just going to get some fresh air. And she goes outside and it's all dark and they probably have some like moonlit shot coming in with like smoke coming through the trees. And they're just setting this up to be this beautiful moment. And then you see this man walking to her with the silhouette of Channing Tatum. And then he steps out of the shadows and it's like the gardener. He's like, hey, I got to turn on the sprinklers. And I remember seeing that and just be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is amazing. This is, oh, my God. Like, they were just so self-aware that we all thought it was going to be Chain Tandem and that it wasn't. Made me so happy. <laughs> and that's when me and my friend, like, looked at each other like, yeah, dude, this movie. This movie's dope. You know, I have this memory. I don't know if you have the same memory or even if this is true, but I think post-TAF one year, mm-hmm. we were probably in Chicago hanging out. And I I don't know if we watched this movie together. I mean, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. And I, I distinctly remember you like laughing so hard at that scene. And that's why I, I had a feeling that this was your favorite scene. I, I love that you have such a clear and distinct favorite scene. For me, it's a little bit hard because I think everything about this movie is like one big scene. My observation of this movie also is that they're so heavy on the montages. Mm-hmm. montage after montage i like tried to count how many and i just couldn't but i think having so many montages just like propels the movie forward yeah so that's why i feel like it's all just like one big scene if that makes any sense at all for me i don't think i have a favorite scene actually i think just the movie as a whole is amazing because mm-hmm. amanda Bynes's delivery for me is what makes this movie so enjoyable <laughs> Supra, brethren? Supra, like, yeah, exactly. And then she has a 1-800-Biatch, and then she just, like, laughs at herself. Like, just, like, small things here and there. They're just, everything is a gem. Wordy money. Wordy money, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yep. This line, I can do this. I'm a dude. I'm a hunky dude. I'm a badass hunky dude, where she's trying to hype herself up when she's walking into Illyria. And then that scene at the pizzeria when she's breaking up with Monique. Oh, man, that was good, yes. And all her friends. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great moment. She says, when I close my eyes, I see you for who you truly are, which is ugly. (laughs) 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 It's just like, I was rereading like the transcript of like, great quotes, but like, they don't translate. Poor Monique, though, actually, I kind of feel bad for her sometimes. I mean, there's there's no like backstory about 
why she is a biatch or why she is ugly, you know? <laughs> they kind of just imply it. But I'm like, man, this kind of sucks for this girl, you know? She thinks she has a boyfriend and he disappears and then she's like publicly being chastised. So, fun fact about Monique. So, she's played by actor Alexandra Breckenridge. So, she's mm-hmm. on This Is Us and she's on this Netflix show, which I have, I very much enjoyed called Virgin River. It's this like romantic drama. Shout out to Virgin River on Netflix if you guys want to see more of Monique acting. You know, came back and revisited this movie and I was like, oh my gosh, baby Monique. She's so cute in this movie. She really commits. She plays it really well, in my opinion. They do, yeah. I think her and uh, Olivia, mm-hmm. um, Laura Ramsey, I believe is the actress's name. I think they both do a great job as like supporting female characters. Yeah, that's the other thing I really liked about this movie is that that it's not just Viola and Duke, but there's a lot of other supporting characters who just make us laugh and they have their own romance troubles as well. But yeah, I wasn't able to hone on one scene, but there's this one other scene that I think I laughed the hardest yesterday is actually a scene that you mentioned where it's at the end at the soccer game. And Vinnie Jones, Coach Vinnie Jones is saying, you know, here at Illyria, we don't discriminate based on gender. And he's poking the coach (laughs) at Cornwall in the chest. And the coach at Cornwall is just like, all right, that's going to bruise. Again, (laughs) it's just not funny when I say it, but the delivery and the moment. I think I snorted. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Vinny Jones actually was a soccer player, too, I believe. Yes, yes. Which is, like, one of his claims to fame, like, before he became an actor. Uh, but, yeah, he just adds a sense of, like, gravitas to mm-hmm. <laughs> to this, like, silly, silly movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think he just hits he hits back on the point that, like, hey, we're really just remind you guys. Yeah, like, we don't discriminate. Gender is, you know, fluid. Can be fluid and whatnot. And, yeah, this movie is very progressive for 2006. And I think, I hope, uh, I hope it helped a lot of kids, you know realize that we can be better yeah agree agree let's move on to wtf moments so these are like plot holes in the most unrealistic moments of the movie man it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard michelle <laughs> as we've said it's this whole thing is unbelievable but do you have any <sighs> maybe if you start maybe i will think of some okay so off the bat cornwall the school that viola attends it looks like a very well-to-do school. I have a hard time believing that they would just cut the soccer team. True. Very true. Again, a small WTF moment, but like it's, it's literally like the first five minutes of the movie. Soccer team gets cut yeah. and we're moving on. But I was just like, so we're not meant to like sit on this for a while. But yeah, I was like, I don't think the soccer team would get cut. It's such a fancy, fancy school. Even though the girls show up in jerseys and all their gear. Yeah. that That's a good, that's a good one. Um, I think that does remind me that if Cornwall is such as like a prestigious school mm-hmm. and there's a like a sister school called Illyria that must be geographically close, mm-hmm. you know, enough for them to be competitors and enough for the same students to be in the same junior Stratford League, whatever, debutante ball. Right. There must they must know each other. Yeah. Along with like they go to the same pizzeria and like the carnival scene. So yeah, there's gotta yeah. be some overlap. Yeah, they can't be that geographically far from each other. The the kissing booth, it's kind of weird. Dude, literally the second thing I was going to bring up. Yeah, there we go. Booth. See? There you go. You, you brought it back, yeah. <laughs> kissing booth is kind of weird. Yes. Super weird, but, you know, that's maybe that's what people do in this world. I mean, there's this Netflix movie called Kissing Booth, and it just came out with a sequel not too long ago. But I will say that in the vein of this movie, it's kind of... What was the last time, like, in real life that you... Have you ever, like, seen a kissing booth in real life? I don't think so. I tried to do like a quick search of like this was a real thing. And I think it was like a while ago, back when maybe like town carnivals were more of a thing. Sure. Yes, it's usually to raise money for charity. And in my mind, it's probably just like a peck on the lips, not like a full out make out session. I actually, well, yeah, similar to that, but I actually just thought it was like a peck on the cheek. Mm. I think lip to lip contact is quite much. (laughs) Quite much. (laughs) Kind of strange to be raffling off like high school girls to kiss boys or men not to be like totally off base but like the movie kissing with the netflix one i actually mm-hmm. weirdly find that a little bit more believable simply because the person who's at the booth is blindfolded so mm-hmm. you can't see who you're kissing mm-hmm. yes it sounds weird but hear me out but it's like 
if it's for charity, it's just, you know, there's no, um, you can't like wince. You can't treat anybody differently because you're, you're blindfolded. You just sure. kiss whoever's in front of you. But for this movie, you know, poor Olivia has to kiss like that child. And then yeah. it, it, it's just weird. I feel like if there was an actual kissing booth, there would be more rules and guidelines, maybe like an age limit or something. I don't know. There's also a throwaway line about like tongue. So yes, yes. Okay, so the kissing booth, I'm glad that we agree. WTF. Yep, that's fair. Another moment I have is when Viola and Duke make their entrance at the debutante ball. They're standing on stage, and I know that this is, like, the ending of the movie, but, like, they make out Uh on stage in front of... It's like like they just got married or something. Like, they walk down the aisle, they're, like, winking and waving and, like, giving people, (laughs) like, you know thumbs up and i was just like this is a little over the top but i don't think this is what happens at a debutante ball but i get it again this is the end their happy ending i think she's she's taking the opportunity to show the world as a confident young woman that channing tatum's her man there you go or vice versa you know that yeah yeah and don't forget there's that little (laughs) there's that little pan at the end while they're going through that paul and andrew are now a thing Mm. a couple just cute. Just throwing in the LGBTQ plus couple into the movie. Yeah. Was it explicitly said that Paul is gay? Uh, It wasn't. That's true. I, I'm assuming that the script is guiding you towards that. And I think he, you know, puts his, his hand on Andrew's leg or shoulder. And there's a little look, mm. you know, and Andrew's never talking about other girls. Mm, that's true. Unlike Toby and Venus, <laughs> you know? And their relationship, so. I mean, I, I think Eunice is great. I just, she, she kind of veers a little bit more WTF just because it's such a, <laughs> it's such a random character. Um, she's a little intense and she realizes she's very intense, but there are just some Eunice moments that are just like, what the heck? Oh, man. Yes. It, th- there is a scene, right? Am I, am I remembering correctly? There's a scene where I, I think maybe it's like one of the date scenes where she and Channing, no, no, she and uh, Sebastian slash Viola are on a date and she talks about how intense she is. Yes, yes. She does say those words. Yeah. Okay. I forget which moment, but she was like, yeah, I've been told that I am a little intense. <laughs> Love it. She's so good. I think she was, the actress was 27, by the way. Oh, no way. <laughs> During the filming of this movie, so she's the oldest. Eunice looks really young, though. She doesn't look 27, in my opinion, but I, I could believe it, I guess. See, the actress's name was Emily Perkins, and she was born in 1977. So let's assume this movie was shot in 2005. Yeah, she was 28. Whoa. I know. Hey, you know, she she nailed it. She crushed it. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, she did. She she definitely did crush it. Um, Other WTF, let's see. Viola going to Illyria for two weeks as Sebastian. Mm -hmm. Is Viola supposed to be at Cornwall this whole time? Oh. Like, they don't mention it at all. It's just Sebastian needing to go to school. But what about Viola? Where is she supposed to be going to school? Great question. I did not think about that. There you go. I got one, one more. And this is not really a WTF. It's just more like a personal pet peeve is at the end, Viola plays soccer. But she plays soccer with her hair down. Mm, yep. It's like, how can you see anything? Yeah, that was clearly a stylistic hair makeup choice, yeah. Yeah, I there have been personal moments where I'm like witnessing it. I'm like, are you what are you trying to prove? Oh, that's that's a good catch. That is a good catch actually. That's just me being catty, I guess. I mean, it's true though, right? Like how is she going to bicycle kick a ball <laughs> when she can't do the ball? Exactly. Thank you. Thanks, John. Very fair. Do you have any other WTFs? Uh, no. I I really don't think so. I mean, when I did my rewatch about 2 weeks ago, the kissing booth came up. Yeah. That was honestly pretty much it. Yeah. I am now thinking about her playing soccer without... <laughs> without her hair up? Yeah, without her hair up in a ponytail or something like that, because that just seems silly. Yeah. I think the soccer scenes could have been a little cooler or done better. Mm. I think you can kind of tell that, like, that Channing Tatum and Amanda Bynes are not necessarily, like, trained soccer players. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, cutaways to just feet and no faces and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I will say that in soccer terms, too, like, the, the finale where Duke... <laughs> where Duke... <laughs> Kicks the penalty kick, but just straight up misses and it bounces off and goes to Amanda Bynes to to scissor kick it in. Yeah, just uh, doesn't make sense. I mean, Duke, come on, man, Duke. If you're good, you got to bury that. You know, first <laughs> shot, like no rebound. Yeah, but I will give the shout out to the cool little like throw and flip 
that they do feature in the movie later on. The throw and flip where Duke like literally flips and throws the ball in. Yes. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Okay. Is that a thing? That is a thing that I've seen before in professional soccer, yes. Um, supposedly it helps you get more distance. Yeah, like more momentum. Yeah, more airtime. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think I've seen I maybe like once every like couple of years in a professional <laughs> league you see that. So But it was cool. All right, Channing. You gotta show off the pre step up game. Well, so question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Viola transfers to Illyria? Do I think Viola transfers to Illyria? She must, yeah. Right? Like Yeah, you mean like like post like after the movie? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I think they try to explain that yes, she's now a player on the on the boys' soccer team at Illyria. Um, I mean her her brother goes there. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought so too. I just it wasn't explicitly said. It was shown, but I also don't know like when we're, what we're supposed to believe. But maybe that's just me. I'm a little dense. Let's move on to the ending. Okay. Your thoughts. The ending of the movie. Uh, the ending of the movie is cool. I guess. <laughs> I think the climax is. Hey, I gotta turn the speakers on. That for me is the ending right there. That's perfect. But you know, it ties it up nicely. It, it would have been fun if they would have had the cliche like you know, in ten years, Eunice became the CEO of a <laughs> Fortune 500 company. You know, with her husband Toby, and they have like seven kids or something. Oh, I would have loved that. That that would have been fun because those are always fun. Yes. You know, always always enjoy those at the end. But yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. I mean, yeah, it's it's happy all around. I think everyone finds some positivity except for Monique and for the ex-boyfriend Justin mm-hmm. who is well played as an annoying guy if you were to ask me like something I don't like about the movie I would say it's the ex-boyfriend because he's just like whiny and cry too you know I forgot to mention that earlier yeah but uh I think that's just credit to him as an actor being actually whiny and annoying yeah Fun fact, so he uh, the actor's name is Robert Hoffman and he was in Step Up 2 mm. He was like the main character in Step Up 2. Was he, did he act with Channing Tatum? No. Channing is like, he plays a cameo in Step Up 2. I don't mm-hmm. even know if they share any like real scenes together. So Robert Hoffman, the actor, he's a legit dancer too. Oh, nice. We don't get to see him dance in this movie, unfortunately. But yeah, that's a little random trivia point. I wish I liked him, him more because, I mean, whenever I played soccer growing up, I was a goalie. And so oh. he does like these cool like ninja goalie things. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> like where he like flips off of like the goalpost. The, the goalpost. Yeah. yeah. But in the end, he's just kind of a weird dude that I, I wouldn't want to hang out with. He's just a, such a sore loser, a sad, whiny sore loser. Yeah, I think the ending, it does tie up everything pretty well in a bow. I take back my question about Viola transferring to Illyria. I think maybe you're right. It's quite explicit that she's there and she's playing soccer on the soccer team. I said that the debutante ball, I thought that their entrance was a little over the top, but it was fine. I'll take it if that's the last scene. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to have a celebration, you know, coming out party. Coming out party. There you go. As herself. Yeah. I also actually like that the last scene is her playing soccer, not her getting Duke, you know? Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. That she's being accepted by the team and she gets to play. That was fun. That is true. It's that long shot of like her about to take like a, they're doing drills or something like that. Yeah. I think a soccer ball, like, comes toward her. We're looking at her, and she, like, kicks the ball, and the ball, like, comes to the camera and fades to black. Is that basically – if I remember correctly, I think that's the last. I don't remember, but it could be it. Well, there is a, like, Channing Tatum holding her. And, like yes. They're, like, making out on the soccer field, which that's a little, like, okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, that's my memory is that he, uh, like, lifts her up. But, yeah, it is wrapped up quite nicely. Um, do you think they stay together? Do I think they stay together? Ooh, great question. I don't know. They might go off to different colleges after this because I know that Viola wants to play at North Carolina for the Tar Heels. I don't know if Duke, if he's missing penalty kicks like that, I don't know if he gets a college scholarship somewhere. (laughs) He's captain of the team, though, too, which I guess doesn't mean you're the best player on the team, Uh, right? Yeah, he should be. Yeah, you know, I don't know. seems like Toby and, and Andrew are actually two of the better players on the team, in my opinion. From watching this, they're actually good soccer players. Mm, okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not convinced that they'll stay together. I think that they'll date maybe for the remainder of high school. Yeah. And then I think life will just get in the way. I think they go to different colleges and yeah. I think that Olivia and Sebastian might make it work. Ooh, there you go. I can see that happening. Toby and Eunice. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's either they stay together or Eunice breaks up with Toby. One of those two. I think that pairing is hilarious. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure Toby was also a Power Ranger, for what it's worth. Really? I think he's a Power Ranger. I did not look into that. Which also made me think, dude, this guy's gotta be old. But I have a feeling that he was a Power Ranger. Wait, I'm gonna fact check this right now. Brandon J. McLaren plays Toby. Mm Mm-hmm. Born in 1982, which means he was, yeah, was like 24, 23, 24 during the filming. Oh, yes. He was the Red Ranger. Oh, there you go. In 2005. Which I don't know if I watched that one. I mean, I doubt I watched that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That that seems like quite recent. There you go. Look, at well, you had a memory that he was a, a Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. I remember his hair. Very, very uh, memorable. Mm. Yeah, he was pretty cute. Yeah, he's a great character. Toby and Andrew, I love that Duke had his little sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah, all around. Great supporting cast. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character. Oh, man. Damn, that's tough. That is tough. I like the three guys. Duke, Andrew, and Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew's kind of like, whatever. Toby's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I mean, Olivia, Laura Ramsey, the actress, very pretty. Very pretty. You know, big fan of her. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything else. I don't think she's acted in, like, big mainstream things. Or maybe she has. Sorry, that's just me. I haven't seen her in any other things. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, her her IMDb list seems a little shorter. Oh, she was in an episode of Mad Men, though. Oh, the actress who plays Kia, who's one of Viola's girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Amanda Crew. Yeah, from Silicon Silicon Valley. What's her name on Silicon Valley? Ugh, I I don't remember, but I remember seeing her and be like, oh, she's the man. That was fun, because I was like, when I saw Silicon Valley, I was like, I know her. She's from She's the Man. And that made me really happy. I mean, yeah, it, it is really hard for me to pick one person that's my favorite. Like, again, David Cross, I think his character is pretty funny as this, like, quirky principal. Mm-hmm. Eunice, obviously, for her, her neurotic, like, humor, mm-hmm. especially in high school. Toby for the screw you guys, I hate high school line, <laughs> uh, which is good. I mean, honestly, Channing Tatum, too. Just Duke being, like, a sensitive dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Viola, because she loves Gouda cheese which i also gouda, love yes i can't believe i forgot that line do you like cheese oh, yes yeah gouda my favorite <laughs> i mean sebastian's kind of cool you know even the, the actual brother yeah like what is going on why am i playing soccer right now what is going on <laughs> he's just at the game like looking for the girl that like made out with him when he got back from a taxi yeah he's like man this school's awesome yeah so i mean there's a lot of good a lot of good people and obviously obviously the groundskeeper Obviously, the groundskeeper. Yeah, I think to your point, all these characters kind of just as a whole make up this amazing movie. Yeah. I think I came down to Viola just because this movie doesn't work without her. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of growth, mm-hmm. even though she's trying to prove something wrong with society. But I think that she also learns a lot about herself. Yeah. And Principal Gold, who is David Cross. Yeah. Just funny, like, trying to comfort Viola thinking that she's going bald or just, yeah, every random line he has just made me laugh. Oh, and and Vinnie Jones, too. Sorry, we can't forget Vinnie Jones in this conversation. Yes. Yeah, I like the idea of this, like, alpha male progressive soccer coach. Also great. Um, Speaking of soccer, have you watched this new show called Ted Lasso? You know, I have not. I have seen the previews. Yes. And part of me doesn't want to watch it uh-huh well i mean there's a couple reasons like i've seen the previews and i'm like all right i like whatever jason said i guess you know mm-hmm. I typically like this stuff i think ted lasso actually originally started as like some sort of promo for soccer on nbc like a couple of years ago and so it's just like commercials essentially but he was like the coach of like tottenham or something like that and tottenham is the arch rival of my favorite soccer team arsenal got it so there's this, this inherent bias for disliking ted lasso already now does that mean i'll give it a shot sure I'm afraid of, like, the whole, like, uh, American soccer embrace just because, like, I don't know. Like, even in, uh, what was I just watching? I was just watching an episode of Sports Night, which is this old, like... Aaron Sorkin show. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin show pre-West Wing, where, like, one of the sportscasters was talking about, like, who's in the MLS? Is Luxembourg in the MLS? And I was like, dude, how how can you be a sportscaster <laughs> and not know that the MLS... Everyone else, like, in his staff, like, totally knows, like, about the MLS. But just the fact that they play on this idea of, like, like a red-blooded American not liking soccer. I'm just like, guys, come on. This is, this is an old trope that I'm not into anymore. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give Ted Lasso a shot. I don't know if you've watched it yet and if you can give it a thumbs up. So, it's on Apple TV. And Apple TV, they what they do is they release three episodes at once and then one at a time after that. I've watched four episodes. 
Mm-hmm. And it was not a show of my choosing. Frank was like, <laughs> hey, do you want to watch the show? I was like, sure, throw it on. I don't yeah. know anything about this. And I was kind of into it. Also, this is coming from someone who, obviously, I don't have any soccer biases. Sure. You know, don't root for any particular team. But yeah, and I didn't know about the whole Jason Sudeikis character a few years ago or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's been really enjoyable and it's quite heartfelt. Good. Who is the team that he is coaching? I think it's a made-up team. Okay, cool. I hope I'm not wrong. I think it's called Richmond. Sure, yeah. It's at least not a famous team in the Premier League or the Championship called Richmond, so so that makes sense. All right, I'll give it a shot. I mean, if it is a not real team, that maybe hopefully that was intentional just to like, yeah, not offend any <laughs> any fans. Yeah, that make it affordable to actually film and not get sued. Totally. So. Yes, agree. Yeah. But any, I digress. That was, you know, another soccer related. I think maybe you might maybe enjoy that show. I think one of the other reasons why this movie is so enjoyable for me is that I guess the characters are quite likable in the sense that you kind of understand what everyone's motives are. Or I guess we understand Viola's motives and we're not mad at Sebastian because Sebastian has his own dreams. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know if I would use the word likable, but Monique is, I think, the least likable. Yeah, her and her and Justin. Yes. Oh, yes, and Justin. Yeah. But yeah, I was trying to think about this, and I was like, I guess that's not the word I would use to describe the characters itself. I think again, as a whole, everything is just really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good ensemble cast. They all like for the, for the vast majority of it, like a lot of them like get along and like are open minded people who just want to play soccer or like you know go make music. Yeah. And be supportive and do whatever. I feel like yeah, that they're just supportive people and. Even like the three antagonists in the movie, which I guess it would be Monique. Uh, I guess there's four. Like Monique, Justin, the ex-boyfriend, yeah. the the Cornwall coach, and then <laughs> uh, whatever, the, the guy, the nerdy guy. Malcolm. Malcolm, yeah. The four of them. I mean, you kind of all – well, actually, let's go back to Malcolm really quick. <laughs> it is super weird that he has that giant body pillow. Oh, my gosh. So weird. Of Olivia. That – I also forgot about that, too. That's kind of like a – well, that's a little – That's a lot. That's definitely got to be breaking some some rules, man. In this <laughs> in this college, oh, not, this, not even this college, high, high school, school yeah, school, yeah, super creepy. I do want to call out Mom, sure. played by Julie Haggerty. Mm-hmm. She always, for me, the movies I've watched of her, she always plays like this silly, fun mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know about fun, but like easy to make fun of. Yeah, and she has her moments where she shines too, and it just she made me laugh a lot, you know. In the beginning where Viola tells her mom, oh, I broke up with Justin. And mom is like, but he's so handsome and chiseled and yeah. great. And then yeah. Viola's like, why don't you date him? And then she like pauses and she's like, "Yeah, huh. And then she giggles and like, she's like, I can't do that. Maybe that happens in the sequel, which doesn't happen yet. But maybe what, 14 years later, maybe they're together. I mean, if it brings back Amanda Bynes, I hope she's doing well. And I would love to see her yeah. do these things again. Interesting story, Amanda Bynes. I was reading that um, this movie kind of was a part of the catalyst, she says, to her, like, I guess, disorders. Mm-hmm. You know, just seems that, like her seeing herself portrayed as a boy with all the eyebrows and the short hair and the sideburns really, like, messed with her a little bit. Yeah, which is unfortunate because she's so good in this movie. I think this movie. I know. I mean, I was going to say, like, yeah, is this movie beloved? I, I think you and I talking about it. I think obviously this movie is quite beloved. And I think most of it is because of Amanda Bynes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, probably Channing Tatum too. But yeah, I wrote down that she hasn't acted since 2010. Yeah. She went to fashion school, which is cool. Good for her. Graduated from FITM. I also think it's interesting that in 2006, like the quote unquote drugs that she was abusing was marijuana, which is now legal yes. in California, you know, or in many states. So that's also interesting. But I guess there's probably more to it. Like, there are some crazy stories about accusations that she made um, and potential bipolar disorder, which, yeah. you know, is something that hopefully is, she can, like, get a handle on and stuff like that. I thought it was interesting that Hollywood, like, really condemned her for smoking marijuana. Yeah, it's it's sad, you know? And I think that, like, there's a generation of people who grew up watching her because, you know, they were the same age watching her Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's. I know she did like a TV show with Jenny Garth for a number of years. She's in a number of other like teen rom coms, which were very enjoyable for me. So it's too <laughs> bad that she left Hollywood. Yeah, I never watched any of like the other TV show you talked about with Jenny Garth. I don't think I even watched what Easy A is that the other movie that? Yes, so that's actually her last. Her last movie was Easy A. Yeah, I didn't even see that one. So 
I mean, she she's a minor character in that movie. She plays like this cr- crazed Christian, like very conservative and just like, mm. and she plays it well. I thought she was she was very entertaining in that. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think this movie is beloved, popular? I mean, whenever I tell people that she's the man's one of my favorite movies, there's a lot of surprise. <laughs> Maybe it's because when this movie came out, it was probably marketed for like teenage girls. Mm. <laughs> but me, me and Brian both loved it, and we were all in as like college seniors. Yeah. But I have to imagine so. I mean, it was pretty easy to like just Googling She's the Man and like seeing articles that have been written about it. You know, I read someone who did like a, a senior paper about it from like the University of Washington or something about like gender roles and wow. sports and stuff like that. You know, so I mean, I think, yeah, there's, I don't think it's as beloved as it could be. Mm-hmm. It's certainly like not on the, the same spectrum as like John Hughes films or anything like that, you know? Right. Or like like Sleepless in Seattle or When Harry Met Sally. But right. um, I think it's just really fun. Yeah. I agree with you. I do think this movie, would I call it underrated? I would. I feel like the people who have seen this movie really like this movie. At least the people in my yeah. who I know. There may be people who just have straight up not seen it and have no idea. Yeah. But I think the people who have seen it really like this movie. And maybe it's a shame because, you know, we haven't seen Amanda Bynes for 10 years. So that, that might yeah, also yeah. have something to do with it, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to go into this movie with, with a specific sort of expectation. Like, there's a parallel. So there's this recent movie called um, the, the Boy Who Would Be King, I think. Okay. I think that's the name of it. Okay, so it is a basically like a retelling of The Sword in the Stone, like King Arthur and stuff like that. I think it only came out like maybe last year or two years ago. But it's one of those movies where I saw a trailer and I was like, this looks like it's going to be stupid funny. <laughs> and I watched it and I enjoyed it. Pay. Uh-huh. As you know, Pei and then uh, Jeremy Chen was living with us at the time. Uh, so my roommate and my girlfriend, they were both like, what are you talking about, John? <laughs> like, how can you possibly want to watch this movie? Uh-huh. I was like, guys, come on, trust me. I have a gut feeling about this, you know? And it, it's the same thing with, like, how I felt about She's the Man, you know? Just, just something about the movie and, like, the way it's shot that just tells you that they're going to just be having fun. And, like, be, they'll be silly, but they're going to be, like, self-aware about it. They're going to be meta about it. So if you watch this movie with the right mindset, with that expectation, you're going to have a blast. Yeah. If you're trying to watch, like, Schindler's List, this is not the movie (laughs) that, like, you need to be. Clearly two different things, right? Clearly two different things. Don't even expect this movie to be, like, American Pie. Don't expect it to be, like, Wedding Crashers, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be really subtle stupidity. Is there, like, a wholesome factor to this movie? Yeah. I I actually, I think there is. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's it's quite a universal movie for someone of all ages to see because it's not heavy, but I think you could take away, you know, obviously bigger themes and apply them. But also you can also just watch for the sheer entertainment value of this silly, ridiculous movie. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't want to call it dumb humor because I don't think it's dumb, but it's like silly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think in the past when I've talked about this, I think that I would call this, like, I, I do think that this is a very self-aware and meta movie in that genre of, like, dumb, silly teen comedies. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's actually the smartest, dumbest teen comedy out there, <laughs> is, like, how I view it, you know? Like, they just, they know the tropes, they know the cliches, Yep. they embrace it, and they just go along with it, and they'll even make fun of it sometimes, too, you know? Yeah, with the groundskeeper. Yeah. So good. (laughs) So nothing to do with the movie, but you mentioned earlier at the beginning of this, you said this is in your top five. Yeah. Oh, no. You're going to ask me for my top five? No, I'm not asking your top five, but are there any other rom-coms that are in your, like, top ten? Or is this, like, the rom-com? No, I think – well, so, I mean, you know, I think you've had this conversation before about is – is she's the man of rom-com mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah it's, it sort of is like it's a coming of age teen mm-hmm. teen comedy with romantic elements sure it can be rom-com i mean Notting hill is probably gonna be my number one rom-com rom-com got it of all time i just watched this very maybe maybe it is obscure maybe it's not but i just watched the last holiday with queen latifah mm. a couple days ago mm-hmm. and i remember saying to myself i don't care what's going on i'm on for the ride this is great but uh, not not to say that that was the, that is in my top ten. Notting Hill maybe top fifteen, top twenty. Okay. Maybe. But I think this is yeah. I think the the other movies that are in the top ten probably are not of this genre. 
Got it. Yeah, because you you are in the film industry, and I'm sure that that exposes you to a lot of different types of films. <laughs> yeah, and judgment. Be careful of what you totally. say. Totally. That, that's why I asked, because maybe that's why people are so surprised that this is like on yeah. your list, because, yeah, this is your world, so... Hey, not gonna not gonna back down from what I like. I like that. I like that you should stand strong. As someone who obviously loves rom coms, I respect you for having one, yeah. having this movie on your top five list. We have to defend the genre. I think it's. I mean, have you talked about this previously on other podcasts? Like, what's the last like classic rom com that's been out recently? Like, is there one that stands out to you recently? There's the Netflix one with um. Oh, to all the boys. Yeah, to all the boys, which I watched, which is cute. I feel like I don't know. There hasn't been like a. I feel like there hasn't been like a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan level rom com in a while. So I recently talked about this movie, set it up on the pod. Mm-hmm. It is a Netflix film with Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell, and I think I got a little bit of flack for rating it so high. <laughs> <laughs> but so I don't know if I art, I articulated it very well, but I think I really like that movie because it reminds me of a classic rom com era. Okay. When you say Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, I do think of yeah. them and as them in this movie. But if you haven't seen it, I would recommend you watching it. Yeah, again, it's a lot of weight and pressure to put on one film. Sure. But it's something I reach for because it's a little bit more adult. Mm-hmm. And it's still very entertaining. Like, To All the Boys is more like a teen film to me, which yeah, as a, you yeah, know, an yeah. adult is a little yeah. bit hard to relate to. But yeah. for Set It Up, I was able to relate a little bit better. Okay. But back to She's the Man, I do have a few more questions for you. Okay. We talked about earlier if this movie's aged well, and I'm hoping we can dive a little bit more into this. Okay. I think for the most part it has, and I was reading yeah. some articles about it, and yeah, to your point that I guess I didn't know that people were writing theses. Thesis is? Thesi. Thesi. Thesi about it. Yeah. But that doesn't surprise me, just because, again, this movie did come out in 06, and I think it was progressive for 06. But if you watch it in the lens of 2020, I do think it's still quite progressive, but I feel like a lot has changed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it, they might be more like delicate about the gender. The, the, right. There would be yeah, they probably handle it with like a little more tact, maybe. Not that that she's the man necessarily was like blunt or frivolous with the subject. Yeah, it's it's also just more of this concept of gender being fluid now. Yeah, it's more of a social construct, right? So mm-hmm. the yeah. fact that Viola proves her womanness by like flashing her boobs and sebastian mm-hmm. showing yeah, his yeah. manliness by showing his penis like yeah yeah it's quite heteronormative for nowadays but back mm-hmm. then it was yeah quite progressive but i do think like it still holds holds its value in 2020 but yeah that was the only thing i think i wanted to bring up about that no i think that's definitely a good thing to call out when we say that like all the characters are likable uh, like one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind is that I actually cannot watch Friends anymore. Mm. Like Friends to me, like aged terribly. Mm-hmm. And like now, like the more I watch them, like the more I'm just like, wow, all these guys, like these are terrible, like people, like all of them are bad, except maybe Chandler because he's my my boy. But <laughs> Friends was what 1994 to 2004, 2000, something like that. You yes, know, yes. 2006. So around the same time that this movie came out, or it was like the end of Friends, mm-hmm. but I think this movie, She's the Man, definitely does a lot better, um, just because, yeah, it was progressive for the time. It was open to gender fluidity. It was open to, like, the futurist female, like, that type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was open to, yeah, having characters who may or may not be homosexual, but, mm-hmm. like, doesn't that necessarily isn't a part of the story. They just maybe those characters. So maybe those are all good things that, like, help normalize normalize you know different people yeah and there was some diversity in this movie shout out toby yep the broadcaster asian asian broadcaster yes. the soccer game soccer, yeah i did notice that didn't love his acting i will say uh... <laughs> actually let, let, let's look this guy up because <laughs> i actually when i watched this i was like i bet he was just like literally a local broadcaster mm. Is, is my guess that they just hired someone who like is specific to like that type of role. Yeah. You know, like I bet he was like, a, he's an actual like sports journalist or something. I think I looked, I looked him up, but I just looked him up really briefly. He's an mm-hmm. actor, but I don't recognize him from anything that I've seen. I think he's Canadian. The movie was made in Vancouver. So that makes sense that they wouldn't spend the money, you know, to fly someone in. They would just hire a local. Right, right, right. So hey, that worked out for us though. Yeah. 
So I have a few trivia points. I think we covered a mm-hmm. lot of them earlier. Amanda Bynes actually had to convince the studio to cast Channing Tatum in this role um, because Channing Tatum was not famous yet. Yeah, and old. <laughs> yes, and old. But I love that Amanda Bynes had the power at 19, probably yeah. at 18, you know, to have this leverage with studios being like, no, I you should cast this dude. And I think I also read that Channing Tatum credits Amanda Bynes for his like film career. So yeah. or the start of his film career. Yeah, that's I think we covered other trivia points, but that was the only one to, worthy to call out. Um, I think we can wrap it up, though, which I'm actually kind of sad about because I love talking about this movie. Do you have any last takes or last thoughts? Uh, last takes or last thoughts on She's the Man. I mean, I hope everyone watches it after this and just like just to have a good time. You know, don't expect much. Just put your phone away press play that's all i want you to do and just really enjoy just like the absurdness of a lot of the humor that they're going for and like how it might be meta (laughs) you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's a great escape yeah agree with you 100 percent. great escape everything you said i am co-signing i find it hard to believe if if yeah if you haven't seen this movie please like what's stopping you this is such a good movie I mean, I also did read that the critics, when this movie came out, did not like this movie for probably obvious reasons, right? They probably thought it was like frivolous and silly, like too silly uh, to be worthy of their time. But this movie does have legs, I think, to everything that we mentioned about like the themes of this movie um, and it being relevant today, I think still holds true. So I I guess my takeaway is that maybe I should be reading more Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) The man was ahead of his time. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, there's not a whole lot of like heavy themes in terms of like romance that you take away from this movie in terms of the rom-com part of it, but it's so fun to escape into. And Amanda Bynes, hope you're doing well. Indeed. Best of luck. Go Arsenal. All right. Well, I think I think we're we're good. Thanks so much for doing this with me, John. I'm happy that we were able to talk about this. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly and would love to hear your thoughts on She's the Man. What would you rate this on a scale from 1 to 10? 13. <laughs> um, and we'll chat with you guys again next week. Bye.